Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast. And we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. So please contribute to the show as much as you can. Our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football, and this is really for you to be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan, something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar and full contact and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model at usafootball.com backslash FDM. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about a unique offense called the Textbone Offense. And joining us to discuss that and let us learn a little bit about his background and how this was developed is the head football coach at Southwestern University, Joe Austin. Joe, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Joe, I definitely want to learn more about this unique offense. And, you know, it seems like you've been able to put something together that gives you the, the best of both worlds with something that's spread and something that's a little bit more option. Before we get into that, though, I want to learn a little bit about you and your background in coaching and really how you've you've come to this point. So we'll go back to the beginning. What was the inspiration to become a football coach? I wanted to keep my scholarship. <laughs> I, I broke my back as a football player, and I wasn't able to play my senior season at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I wanted to earn my scholarship. So I asked the, our head coach, Shannon Currier, if I could be a student assistant and work for my scholarship. And he, he was very graceful in allowing me to do that. And so I started at the bottom. I remember one time I got pulled off the practice field to go into our offices and glue baseboard around the floors. We were changing out carpets. And I, I, I you know, so it, I started from the bottom and then they invited me to be a graduate assistant. And I thought that was great to get, to get grad school paid for. And it was then that I really felt called to, to be a coach and to try to affect positively the, the lives of, of the players that you're around. And, and that's when I think, you know, that's what I think really I, I got the, the itch and I'd say more than itch, the calling to, to be a football coach. And that's been 21 years ago now. And so it's been a big blessing for my life. And coach, you've, I guess, become known for restarting football programs. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, everything, whether it's good luck, bad luck, if I'm just a sucker, <laughs> everything I've, I've done has been in a, in a building mode. And it starts with Concordia. I came in 
as a player right when they were moving to Division II from non-scholarship NAIA. So as a, as a player and then as a coach, I got to be a part of that building process. And then I went to Augsburg College as their offensive coordinator. And actually, at that time, I was either 24, 25. I was the youngest OC in the nation to, to get a chance to build that program. From there, I went to the University of Dubuque in Dubuque, Iowa, as the offensive coordinator. And they hadn't had a winning season in about 20 years, and I'm not exaggerating that. It was, I think, 18, 19 seasons when I had gotten there that they hadn't had a winning year. And by our second season, we had the first winning year they'd had in two decades. And then in our third season, they were in the national rankings for, I think, according to their sports information folks, the first time they'd ever been in any of the national rankings. And it was at that point where I got the opportunity to go to Hanover College in southern Indiana as their head coach. And of course, that's another rebuilding, right? It's kind of what I've been doing. When we got there in January of 2008, there were 32 players in the program. So we had a lot of work to do. And it took, it took a couple of years to get going, but, uh, but we, we had several winning seasons there. Had two players, that, three players that were NCAA statistical champions. We had a wide receiver named Daniel Passifume who set the all-time all-division record for catches in a game with 25. So we really did some good things, brought in some good players, and then started to win a lot. And Southwestern University then came and uh, kind of recruited me to come down and and start their program. And Southwestern had played football before. In fact, they were charter members of the Southwest Conference. So we played and beaten all the SEC and and all the Big 12 teams that are in this region, from Arkansas to A&M to Texas to Baylor, so it's a cool history that Southwestern has had, but they dropped football in 1950 and they didn't bring it back until uh, our first game was in 2013. They hired me in 2012 and we got this thing rolling and we didn't win a game our first year because 18 year olds don't beat up 22 year olds, but we, we kept getting better. And in 2016, the first time we had a full team of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, we were undefeated champions in the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference. And it really was kind of the victory lap. I mean, our, our guys persevered, and they had a great season, really decisive victories. We had three or four shutouts that season, scored a ton of points. So it was really a great way to kind of cap off what had been five years of building for, for me and my coaching staff. So, Coach, I imagine somewhere along the line here, looking for a competitive advantage, this offense evolved that now you call the text bone. Yeah, it's total evolution. You're absolutely right. So. Here's the story of how it came about. The Texbone was built with me and my offensive coordinator, who's t- named Tom Ross. And Tom and I have been working together since 2004 at Augsburg. And at Augsburg, he was a defensive coordinator and associate head coach, and I was the offensive coordinator. But he was very helpful. It was my first coordinating job. As I said, I was 24, 25. And so he, he really kind of guided me through that first, first coordinating position. And one of the things that he helped me do and taught me was triple option. So at the end of our season, we started running some under center flex bone as a way to really get an advantage because teams hadn't seen it. They hadn't practiced for it. So that's how I first learned a triple option. I was a spread coach. As I mentioned, for example, Daniel Passifume caught 25 passes in a game. No other spread offense has ever produced that. Tyler Themes, another receiver at Hanover, also led the nation in receptions for the whole season. So I was a spread guy who, who knew some triple option. And it kind of stayed that way through our time at Hanover until we got to Southwestern. And we had a, a really good developing defensive coach named Bill Kreisel, who I made our defensive coordinator in 2016 with Tom's blessing. And Tom came over to coordinate the offense with me and coach our offensive line. So initially we ran two separate offenses. We practiced triple option. 
in one phase of practice. We practiced spread in another phase of, offense, of, of practice, and it worked well. We would just go back and forth, and, and during the games, it would depend on who would call the play and then how we would send it in, and we'd do some option for a while. We'd do some spread for a while. Still tough for defenses. What that evolved into was our quarterbacks and our players learned the whole thing. We didn't have to keep it separate anymore, and that's when we started running – triple option out of spread formations because what I found as a coordinator and play caller was you knew how they were going to align for triple option coaches that are listening. You probably had the frustration of when you, if you're a wishbone team or a wing T team, you have no idea unless there's another team like you in your conference of how they're going to align. And we had the same problems, but when we line up in spread formations and run triple option, we know exactly how defenses are going to line up to spread because that's what you see on your trade film. Whatever spread formation you want to line up in, we can run triple option out of it. And that's kind of what the text bone is. Uh, I kind of refer to it as triple option for the 21st century because it's, I didn't drop any schemes. Uh, Tom Ross didn't drop any schemes. We just took really good option football and, and modernized it by able, being able to run it from all the different spread formations you'd want to do. Now, we still run some true flex bone because it's tough to defend, but we're, we're really more multiple than just being a flex bone offense. So I guess as I'm hearing this, a big part of it is, is saying, you know, the spread offense becomes known for something that's going to lighten the box, clean up the box, give you a limited number of looks. That became then the advantage really for installing this run game with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's the predictability of alignments, as you alluded to. If you line up in two by two open, you're going to have a really good idea of how your opponent's going to line up to that because you're going to have plays and plays of trade film of how they aligned a two-by-two open. And you can extrapolate that further. You can see how their defensive end play zone read plays, and you know how they're going to handle a dive phase of a triple option play. And you can see if their outside linebackers are going to contain the pitch or attack the quarterback based on how their safeties play. So you can really make things predictable in a way that I don't think other option offenses that I've studied can make it so predictable, especially for your quarterback as far as what he's going to see, how to identify his keys. And another thing to keep in mind is we didn't scrap our spread offense. We kept elements of our spread offense that we liked. We run a ton of tackle wrap. We run a lot of guard folds. We run a lot of ISOs. We run our quick passing games. We didn't get rid of what we do in our spread. We pared it down a little bit, but we're, we're, we're two offenses in one using just a few number of techniques. Another thing that's really unique about how we do it is our base triple option play and our base run play overall is power. And I think we're the only triple option offense that uses power as a foundation. We don't use veer. We don't use belly. We, no, we run those, but our foundation is power because we run power as power read, as power fly stretch. We run power with triple option. We run uh, power with two pullers, short yardage. So we've really found that making power our foundation is such a versatile play that it fits into our spread stuff. It fits into the triple option stuff. And we want to make sure our guys are always really good at that play. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, what I'd like to take a step back and, and think about is how, how does this become maybe – a little bit friendlier for personnel than saying we're, you know, a traditional spread team. Well, I think one of the advantages that, that option coaches will tell you is that you can work with the personnel that you have. Now, of course, being a college team, we're trying to recruit personnel that, you know, we think really fit what we're trying to do, but we can really specialize. And so one of the things that we've done at Southwestern is we've just had more personnel 
and there's so many personnel groups. Some games we've had as many as nine or ten personnel groups. The defenses don't know who's coming in, don't know who's coming out. There's no tip-off by the formation we line up in of whether we're running a triple option play or a spread play or running it or passing it. So that's what we've really done with personnel is we ask our guys only to do the things that they're good at. So if we have a slot receiver who's great receiving a pitch, but maybe not so great you're running a vertical seam, we're not going to ask him to do both. We're going to have the, the player that's great catching the pitch be the pitch guy on the option play. And if we're going to run play action and send the guy down the seam, we're going to, we're going to sub in and, and have someone else do that. So coach, you mentioned kind of holding on to some of, of those elements of spread. I would think that it would kind of be important to do that. Right. I mean, because I mean, if you are facing that typical flex bone team, even if you spread it out a little bit, there's going to be, I guess the, the tendency to, to do things to cheat on, you know, trying to get more people with what you're doing with the option, making sure, you know, you're doing all those things that maybe even cheat the box a little bit. But now when, when there's that ability to still attack with the principles that are, are part of the spread offense, you probably see, as you mentioned, less defenses, but guys, I guess, got to play it a little bit more honestly than if you were just a triple option team. Yes, I think you hit on a lot of really important things for, for executing this. There is the back and forth of if teams are loading up to cover option, having the, your spread elements is, is a really great counter for that. When, when people start squeezing us in and squeezing linebackers, we love to get to our bubble screen game and our, and our quick game. When safeties start to come down, the other thing that, that we can get really good at and, and teams that pick up on the text bone and adopt it can get really good at is play action passing. In fact, we, we set our conference records for passing efficiency in terms of yards per pass and yards per completion a couple of years ago. We really are good at big plays and, and play action passes. So we throw more than your typical option offense. Because again, this is a hybrid. It's spread elements. We're, we're still able to throw. You know, two years ago, our last game of the year, our quarterback threw for 355 yards and ran for 150. I mean, that's pretty good production, right? That's not every game, but it's, it's not a one-dimensional thing. So I think those two things are, are very important, as you said. You can go to your spread if they're loading up on your option or vice versa, but also the fact that the triple option and the fact, that safe, the fact that safeties have to be active in the run support, linebackers are active in the run support, really leads to some big opportunities in, in throwing the ball off of play action. So, Coach, I think the first thing that would come to mind is like, wow, you guys are doing a lot. There must be a lot more in terms of technique to learn in this. How do you find an economy of techniques? We really think that's a, a big key for us. One, we're not running a whole lot of schemes. We run power, as I mentioned, a bunch of different ways, but it's still power. We're just doing it in several different formations with several different backfields. So power is, is a really versatile play for us and the number of ways we can apply it and the fact that it doesn't change techniques. But overall, especially with their offensive line, you know, Coach Ross has done a great job of, of they have just very few techniques and, and very few principles. And of course, we have the time to really go over that in the textbook materials that are available. But as you said, the, the economy of techniques is a phrase that we use a lot. And it carries through to all positions as far as having just a few techniques and a few simple principles of how we're going to block and how we're going to do different things that really makes it simple. But remember, we're, as I said, we're not running a ton of different schemes. We're just running them from a lot of different formations. So we're a lot more multiple in the alignments and the personnel groupings more so than the number of schemes and the number of techniques. 
coaching in any offense, it's how you teach it, right? And how you simplify it for your players. How do you keep this again? What it's a hybrid offense, but it's you know two two different distinctly different things you've married together. How do you keep it so it is user friendly for the players? Well, there, there's several things that go into that. One, as we talked about already, it's the player specialization. So as our new players are learning, if they don't know everything yet, we don't ask them to do everything yet. They may not have the full playbook when it gets to game day. We may not ask them to do all the skills involved on game day. But we like our, we like our teaching progressions. For example, we can start and by just installing power at the beginning of spring football or at the beginning of training camp, we put in three different plays. We put in power triple option. We put in our, our heavy short yardage goal line plays with power and we put in spread power read or spread jet fly motion power read so we put in a lot just with that one scheme and so we we really spoon feed it that way and we keep things very simple we we teach our perimeter blocking and the system we use for counting and it's applicable to all of our plays so for the receivers and the wings and slots once they learn how to count corners and safeties and who to block in triple option it doesn't matter what play is being ran in, in the box. It could be power triple. It could be belly triple. We call it G load. It could be veer. Any, those things don't really matter. So it, it, it goes back to that economy of techniques that we talked about. But we also give some samples in, in our textbook materials. We give some samples of installation schedules. And we actually recommend a few different schedules. For example, if you have an expert team, you've been running this offense for a while, Here's a fast-paced schedule to get stuff in. And we also have a schedule available for if this is the first time you're installing this at the high school, college level, here's a little bit longer schedule how you can put this in. And the third way that we suggest installing it is to double up everything where you're installing everything twice, that we're getting a good amount of review before you get to the end of your training camp period. Coach, I know you put together a ton of great resources for coaches, and there, there is, I believe you have a free course on CoachTube, but probably is the best place to start. For the coaches who are out there listening, what do they get in that that really helps them to, I guess, understand how this, this can be something that's powerful them, for them on offense? Yeah, so CoachTube is a great place to start. There's a lot of free stuff on there where you can, you can see what's, if you like it. I have a free course on there that's an overview of triple option. And then as you look at the other courses, you can watch some segments for free also to, to see if it's for you. This might be right for someone that is a, is a traditional triple option coach. How I started out and Coach Ross started out that's looking to, to modernize, maybe get, get some spread elements in. It's also a good way for spread coaches to diversify what they have, but also to be different. If, if from a defense perspective, if you're seeing the same spread offense, the same different couple versions of air raid through your whole schedule, your team's going to get really good at defending that. So just a few examples of coaches that may want to get on to coach tube and, and look for, for some of this free stuff. Also on coachjoeaustin.com, I've done some full webinars with Rick Stewart and all access coaching and some other places where I go over and, and do a whole hour presentation of this power option play that I've talked about. I also have an hour where I talk about our play action passes off of power. So really some really great free content where coaches that maybe just want to hear about it and coaches that may think, wow, this could really help my team. Just go in and, and, and watch it and see if you like it. And it's really good free information about what we do. So, Coach, I've had a lot of guys come on here and talk about power. I've never had anybody talk about the power triple option. And I know you, I know you said you got a, an hour-long webinar on it, but if you could give us, I guess, the, the Cliff Notes version of 
of what the power triple option is and, you know, the advantage for an offense. Sure. So when you're running power, the offense always has to figure out what to do with the defensive end or call them the play side contained player in, in, in I formation power. You can kick them out with the fullback in, in a GT power, a GT counterplay. The guard will kick them out and the tackle will pull up all versions of power in power read. Now you're going to read them with the running back or, or, or receiver coming in motion, working across the quarterback's face. We're going to read him also, but we're going to read him as the dive key. So we're in the shotgun, the four yard shotgun, and we have well, just one yard behind the quarterback, we have our fullback, and we keep him in a two-point stance. And that's our dive phase of triple option. So the, the offensive line up front is running power. The front side is down blocking through to the backside linebacker. The backside guard pulls for the play side linebacker. And the quarterback reads the defensive end, the contained player, for the dive key. So there's, there's no magic to it. It's, it's just power. All the coaches can vision power in their head right now. That's how we're blocking it but we're, we're treating that contained player as the dive key. The first linebacker outside of the box, that's who we're going to read on the pitch. So if the defensive end squeezes to tackle the dive, the quarterback attacks the alley, and then we're pitching off of that first outside linebacker. So it, it, it's just as simple as that. But again, we made power the foundation because of all the ways that we can run power. So, uh, but it, it's a really great way to run triple option. And for somehow we happen to be the, the people that started doing it first, but I think it's going to gain in popularity as people see how well you can adapt it because power is a play that a lot of teams already run. Yeah. We've, we've talked about on the power read, the, the guard who kind of closes hard on, you know, that down block of the tackle and then tries to basically get trapped, right? So that that linebacker can, can scrape over the top and make the play. How do you handle that guy in the power triple option? Well, there's a couple different ways, and it depends a little bit by formation and also on your players. Let's just start with the guard himself. So our guard has to know that that could happen, and we'll actually pull all the way around the guy if he squeezes too far down. And there's some film of us doing that in the textbook materials. But knowing that he may get collisioned, we can use a front side wing or a front side slot to handle that backer that's scraping out of, out of the box. And that's a common thing that, that a lot of triple option teams will do is they'll, they'll use their wings, their wing players to pick up scrapers, and, and we can do that. The other thing is if that backer is scraping too fast, we were going to run counters. For example, you, you pull the guard and linebackers react to that, which we see a lot, and all the backers start flying to the guard pole, then we're going to run speed option back away from that guard pole, and those linebackers are in a bad position. And that slows them down quite a bit. If, we, if they get hit on speed option with a, with a false guard pull going the opposite way, that really slows them down and, and forces them to stay at home. So th there's several tools in that toolbox that coaches can use, and we go through all of those throughout the materials. But that's a great question. And a lot of people ask me that right away as well. Hey, how's this going to work? Are they just going to scrape out of the box on you? And there's lots of options if they want to try to do that. Yeah, on the power read, we would teach it exactly like that and it was kind of the same technique if we were you know running play action bringing our, our tight end or, or fullback across into the flat and chipping that end is same kind of thing we want you to to try to make that guy think he's going to be collision because he's going to brace for it now you know his feet are stopped etc he's going to have a hard time getting back into the play but we're going to just rip right around him and get up to that linebacker and the quarterback, you know, see that happening and basically just keep stretching that play out, right? 
He's let it develop. He's got more time now to read it. I think that's a really effective thing. I guess the speed option thing has me very interested too now. So you got that false key pulling away in the backfield. Are those guys going now, or is there any kind of uh, footwork or hesitation for them? No, they're they're going now. We're, we're relying on the fact that those inside backers are key in guards. That's It's going to hold them. And even if they do read the backfield, we're still getting guys up to level two to account for them. So then, then play action of, off all this stuff has to be really, really effective. Uh, what kind of the things do you do play action-wise off of the power triple? Well, to throw, it just turns into a waggle protection where the guard blocks the C-gap instead of pulling up to level two. And then your fullback can clean up anything in the middle. So if that front side linebacker does fill, your, your fullback's there. So we always have a six-man protection when we're passing off a of power. And, and coaches can just imagine you know, a waggle protection where you're going to stay in the pocket. And that's all we're doing to adapt our power into, into power option pass. And then depending on your formation, you have an unlimited amount of route combos that you want to throw, whether they be vertical seams, taking advantages of, of linebackers filling. You can run any combo. You can run you know, based on whatever coverage you, you're, you're seeing. I mean, it can be as simple as, as smash or curl flat or stick. I mean, you can run anything that you have or anything that we suggest in the textbook materials. You can pair anything that you want with it. But we do a lot of vertical seams because, as I mentioned, safeties are involved in, in run fits, in triple option, and they leave a lot of field open. I mean, just you look at the Ravens offense, for example. They run a lot of – they don't run a lot of four verticals, but they run a lot of guys down seams and to opposite hashes, things like that, because of the play action that, that you know Lamar Jackson creates. And we're doing the same type of things uh, in the text zone. Yeah, it's really simple pass. I know we would we would run those those types of things off of the power read. And, you know, I did a man a clinic last year and, and really, you know, I'd have questions about what are what are the other routes around it and, and we would do a number of different things. But that seam would just come so wide open that I there was not a single time where we progressed off of that tight end. If he's running it the right way, he can't run through the window. He's gotta be very patient, like it's it's about the timing he's doing too, but you talk about a pass that's somewhere between seven and twelve yards, and now he's running for thirty before somebody hits him. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I get the same questions. Well, where are all our route combos you run? Well, here's what we run in our package, but I'm telling you, seams. <laughs> we're we're hitting seams. We're bringing linebackers and safeties and getting them out of position, and and we're hitting those intermediate seam routes. Absolutely. Well, Coach, a lot of neat things with this offense. I definitely see how it can give you an advantage, and you'll have to come back maybe another time and, and talk to us a little bit more about some of these concepts and maybe go into detail on some. But for our, our listeners out there, where can they connect with you and where can they learn more? Several ways. Hopefully it's easy for coaches. CoachTube.com is an easy one. You can search for Joe Austin. You can search for Textbone with or without the hyphen between text and bone. You can also go to CoachJoeAustin.com. That's where you can find links to those webinars that we talked about. I can also link you to CoachTube through there. If you'd like to email me, email me at CoachJoeAustin at gmail.com. Thanks, Coach, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk ball with us. Thank you. Talk to you again soon, hopefully. Coaches, again, want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Check it out, all of our our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. 
Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.